Last time on Cursebreaker. After spending the night at the Barrow family farm, our party awoke to a kingly brunch where Bert was inexplicably made a guest of honor. On the way to the city gates of Tildry, Uli stopped to speak with her brother and discovered he's fomenting a revolution and wants Uli's help. With their paperwork in order and everyone except Uli swearing an oath to do no harm in Tildry, they made their first stop at Holly's Cobb, where Miss Hyacinth makes her magical shoes. There's less than a week before Bert's trial. I hope they've got a plan. So, um, that's the next part. Yeah, you Tell guys. Tell us where we are. You guys <laughs> did a little bit of uh, work getting into Tildry, signed some papers. Uh, so all of you except Uli. Uh, well, actually, I mean Holly and Bert technically have a tattoo as well. Yours is actually more permanent than theirs. But you can now be summoned by the courts, I guess, uh, Tibio and Snack, whenever they need to do so. But you're also free to use magic pretty much unchecked within the city. Uh, Uli, if you use magic. Um, you will be apparently found or discovered um, most of the time. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of hard to miss anyway. Also true. <laughs> um, so I think last we checked in, you guys had just entered Holly's Cobb, uh, which is her shoe store. Uh, you talked briefly with Rosemary, Holly's assistant, um, who uh, gave her like her earnings for the couple weeks that Holly was gone. Uh, and then let her know also that she ruined a very expo- uh, expensive bottle of um, elixir, just a, a, a very important reagent for Holly's magic. Essence of Midnight. Essence of Midnight. <laughs> nice. Uh, and I think you were all still there. Um, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I believe we... I was shop? telling mm-hmm. all of them about the revolution. That's yeah, correct. You told us about that. And then my... Second youngest sister is here, who it seems she's in trouble maybe a little bit. And we don't get along. Shocker. Hey. (laughs) I'm I'm likable. That's just the pattern. All right. So who's Ulrich? That's your brother? That's my second oldest brother. He owns that farm. Gotcha. That okay. farm. Ulrich, yeah, just making sure. <laughs> Ulrich and Ilya are nearby. Yep. Holly, were we going to go to your house next and get settled? Um, yeah. Holly uh, looks at her watch, and then she's like, oh, yeah, I'm not wearing a watch. And then she, like, looks outside to see what time it is. Um, um, yeah, Holly, like, looks outside and stares up at the sun, uh, and, and she turns around, and Holly, it is, um, it is 11.45 a.m. <laughs> Um, yeah, we, uh, can get headed back here soon. I think, uh, Rosemary has her, a good handle on things, but Rosemary, please just stay away from the high cost potions, if you will, and materials. She turns around to look at you and she actually fumbles a bottle and just kind of gives you like a, a, like shocked eyes, big smile. Uh, okay. Well, I'm taking Henri with me as well. And uh, she takes Henri off her shoulder and puts it back on her own. Um, Henri very slowly, like makes little uh, clasping hands at uh, Rosemary and kind of like pulls on Rosemary's clothing as you, as Henri gets pulled away <laughs> and Rosemary goes, Hey, uh, yeah, that's enough for now. He's coming with me. 
all right, let's head over to my house. It's just uh, down the next block of homes over here. Um, so yeah, uh, your, your, um, shop, I guess, is in, is in like, you know, the shop area, uh, it's called, uh, Broad Lane, uh, is where your shop is, and then the sort of residential district, uh, is called The Bricks, um, which is where your townhouse is, uh, and what kind of, what kind of domicile did you end up with, Holly? What does your house look like? I think Holly is a modestly successful business person um she doesn't have like a, the fanciest house but it's definitely like clean and tidy and um very very cozy and as cottagey as she could make it um and so it's like a townhouse like you would imagine in i guess like in my head i'm like thinking of like brooklyn like townhome mm-hmm. like a brownstone yeah, yeah exactly is there like That's a little step thinking. up to it yep yeah so you have to like step up to get to it but it's like very narrow like more fantasies so like wedged in between like yeah. all these like tons of townhomes so it's just like small still um and then yeah there's like cute little vines grown on the outside with like some little flowers on it and then um she when she walks in the door it's two stories and a basement um and when you walk in it's all like this like very squishy cozy couch and like cute little cushions and just like the coziest like little a teapot on the stove <laughs> Um, yeah, tons of little, um, knickknacks and potions around, but it all still very, like, everything has a place almost, like, very clean, so, um, even though she's been gone for a few weeks, so, yeah, and just lots of coziness and cuteness. What was the residential area called again? The Bricks. The Bricks. So, for the first time in a while, you're in your own comfy home, and, uh, you, like, smell the atmosphere of your own home, and it kind of uh, brings you back to what life is like when you're just running a business and not, um, you know, facing down curses every other day. Oh, so good to be home. Holly, like, takes off her apron that she's been wearing the whole time and hangs it on a little hook when she rocks in the door, Um, and she sort of just, like, glides in. She turns on the kettle just like she does every day when she comes home. Um, She takes Henri off her shoulder and puts him up on his little, like, he's like a little fake plant thing that he lives on (laughs) with a little house. And he crawls into the house and he's like all happy. <laughs> I, I like sidle in and like squish past some of the the poofs and couches mm-hmm. and like I feel like very awkward because it feels small to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, do you have enough room for all of us? Uh, it'll be a bit of a squeeze, but it should be okay. I mean, I also have the back um, garden, so if anyone wants to camp out, and we have two bedrooms upstairs. Um, and then the couch here, uh, you might be a little too big for that one though. Um, Holly like giggles and be like, <laughs> but you can definitely take a seat on it. It's like a little twin sofa. <laughs> I will camp. You want to camp outside? Yes. Yeah. The garden's really, really pleasant. I got some really nice flowers growing out there. Thanks. Yeah. Um, let me make you a spot of tea real quick. So Holly's going to whip up some tea for everybody. I sit down very precariously on the edge of the couch. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is great, Holly. Thanks for... Thanks for letting us crash here. Yeah, no problem. Um, uh, like I said, most of your stuff can probably fit out the back door here, and then you guys can all hang out for a little bit. Snack uh, slithers off to the upstairs and is checking out the bedrooms. Um, he's checking the w- windows and entryways and um, looking for uh, any signs of a burglary, a break-in of mm. some kind. Um, Holly... Are you the kind of person who uh, is, like, very good about locking all your doors and windows and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, she's pretty – I would say she's pretty street smart living in the city. So, yeah, she keeps everything pretty secure. 
Uh, yeah, everything everything seems pretty tightly locked up. There seems no sign of forced entry or anything. Mm. She would probably also like imbue her curtains with magic of like protection or like pretending like there's just like it's a band like I don't know, not a abandoned, but like yeah, wards. wards. There we go. <laughs> she probably would have used like the fabric of her curtains to try to like protect her home too a little bit, mm-hmm. or it like makes it look like there's people in there all the time. Yeah, or yeah. something. It's, it's called <laughs> it's like the spell is called Kevin McAllister. Yeah. Snack yeah. <laughs> <laughs> comes down and is very impressed with Holly. Holly, I see that your abode is. Safe from intruders. Oh, you can never be too safe in the city, you know. You um, always have to keep your guard up a little bit, especially in Tildry. Wonderful. Holly, I can offer you my services. I am a practiced trap maker. Hmm. Well, you might be interested to see my mini workshop in the basement. Oh? Mm-hmm. I got some good tools down there for crafting and making things. Excellent. Yes, I think we should uh, make some traps. Uh, it is not safe in this city, is that true? Bert is on trial, is he not? Well, yeah, but I mean, they're just going to summon him whenever they want. I mean, there's not many ways we can stop that from happening, I don't, I don't think. At least not magic that I know. I'll probably just poof out at some point. But That's what we can do is try to find out more details on his trial um, and yes. do some research to help him get prepared. Yes. So that'll be our trap with our brains. Yes. I will sharpen my knives. Um, Your brain knives. <laughs> okay, That's Holly. In my pack of now that you're inside, it's getting a little uncomfortably <laughs> oh. warm. Your your pack just feels like it has like, um, like a hot water bottle sitting in it somewhere. That's just kind of like right. So it's like your pack is like sitting at your hip or something. Hmm. There's a lot of weird shit in there. Yeah, I have a lot of stuff in there. Um, Holly is, like, making the tea, and the stove is very warm, and, like, the sun is shining in the back window, and mm-hmm. so, and then she feels the heat from her um, backpack, and the tea kettle, she's just like, oh, and, like, she just starts, like, fanning herself, and then the tea kettle, like, starts bubbling and steaming, goes, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, it- <laughs> It's all too much. Like, ah. She takes it off the stove and pours the teacups and sets it down, and then she um, goes over to uh, her pack and it takes a dig around until she finds what's hot hot potato <laughs> yeah and you you, uh, you fish out the golden dragon scale it's even thicker than you remember and uh when you take it out inside you notice now that it actually does glow just a little bit uh when it's in shadow hmm that's a pretty hot scale we got here guys we might have to utilize this or store it safely um is that the dragon scale yeah, I've been carrying it around this whole time. Quite warm. Ooh, what Here. could this mean? You want to hold it? Oh, and Henri uh, hops onto it because it's warm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like sitting yeah. in the scale. And Henri like turns gold. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, because it's chameleon. <laughs> Can you glow too? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure how magic the chameleon is. <laughs> um, Tibio goes up to Bert and taps him on the shoulder. Uh... Bert, I had a question for you. Uh, yeah, what's up? When I was young, there was a traveling troupe that came through our village, and they did a courtroom drama, and I was wondering if you need a lawyer and if I could be your lawyer. Oh. <laughs> I have practicing objection. <laughs> I was planning on uh, representing myself, but I suppose having someone to take that weight off would be... Pretty helpful. I only know how to do one case. 
and it is the case of the missing slippers. But I think that I could be an asset uh-huh. either uh-huh. way. <laughs> well, <laughs> I suppose it would take a little bit of adaption to conflate uh, missing slippers with a murder case. Oh, I see. Yes, that makes sense. But, well, hold on. Uh, we'll keep investing in case. I think you could still be a big help. Okay, I, anything you need me to do about I will help. You should take him, all them bones, <laughs> <laughs> to the librarium and see if you can get him some uh, books up on studying the law here in Tildry. It's a great idea, Holly. And, uh, Bert, that actually um, triggers a, a pretty pertinent memory for you. In the librarium, uh, specifically in the Tower of Knowledge, uh, which is your tower, um, there is a floor uh, called the Archives of History, uh, in which they have uh, a museum-quality display of ancient bones. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, that's a great idea. In fact, there might be something at the librarium that's uh, right up your alley, Tibio. Oh, really? Like what? Let's just say a bunch of bones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how exciting. I would love to see it. <laughs> I wish I could tell you more, but uh, to be honest, you've taught me a lot about bones. <laughs> An interest that wasn't so deep before. <laughs> Maybe Tibio. I can teach you something about law. That would be wonderful. Tibio is a scale a bone? And Holly, like, holds out the scale with Ooh. Henri curled up all cute on it. Uh, and, uh, Tibio, it, this has the same thing as, like, a horn or a fingernail, where it's actually the sort of organic chitin that will rot over time. It is not exactly the same. Hmm. I don't really get anything from this the way I would from a skeleton. Hmm. Holly's going to, um, roll a check on it for, like, seeing if she knows anything about the magical properties of the scale, because she, like, works with materials that are magical a lot mm-hmm. and stuff. So I wonder if that, what kind of role that would be. Yeah, uh, that would be an uh, arcana check. A 19. 19. So kind of between being able to detect the magic on this thing and also your kind of background knowledge of what dragons are and to do, uh, you know that this dragon scale is inherently good, um, as uh, metallic dragons often are. Um, that it is attuned to the element of fire, um, that it is, it is actively actually good and will respond to evil things, that it, uh, it's, it, it would make a, a hell of an armor. You can just tell that by sort of a material inspection with your, with your uh, crafting knowledge, um, that you know that this, this thing would effectively stop bullets uh, if made into armor. Hmm. But it can detect bad things? Um, not that it detects bad things. Um, it actually, it would protect you from bad things, mm-hmm. uh, from evil specifically. And bullets are a, a brand of bolts sold in this world. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like, yeah. So Bullet Bill is like one of the biggest, uh, he sells these special arrows. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Holly is holding the scale out in front of her after kind of um, doing the arcana check on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is like, hmm, I definitely think that I can do something with this. Snack? What? Come down to my workshop. And uh, Holly kick o- kicks open a door next to the stove, um, and it opens into, like, a black abyss of the basement. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then she uh, 
flicks on a little gas lamp switch with her elbow because she's still holding the dragon scale with the chameleon yeah. <laughs> asleep on it. You just hear this like little like <laughs> as like six lamps like light up around the place. Cool, cool. <laughs> um, and she starts walking down into the basement and it's just like your typical unfinished crickety ass old basement. Creepy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Snack is really excited about this and um, kind of like stumbles past you down the stairs and rushes down to scope out the place. <laughs> Christmas morning. <yeah. laughs> it's like looking at all the tools and sharp things. Um, when you get down there, um, it's just like stone walls with the little gas lamps hanging up um, and lanterns around the room. And then there's a big crafting table that's made of like heavy stone. Um, so it's like really, really durable. And then just tons of little nooks and crannies full of shit to make like a giant <laughs> if you imagine like the ultimate medieval fantasy craft room that's what this is and then holly tried to make it cute so she painted a few of the big um stones in the wall different bright colors it, just to bring a little bit of color and it just there. made it creepy it's just like really haunted <laughs> looking and weird just fucking cursed yeah holly i must confess i thought Mm, I thought Uli was the coolest one, but I may have to change my mind. Aw, that means a lot, Snack. And um, it, as she says it, she sets the dragon scale down on the table, and it's just like, clunk. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it wakes Henri up, and he's like, eh. <laughs> um, yeah, let's uh, get to work. Why don't you climb up here? All right, arms out. And she like lifts his little arms up, <laughs> legs apart. Um, and then she takes out a tape measure out of her, um, I guess she took her apron off. So she pulls one out of a cubby hole um, and just starts um, measuring him um, and getting all sorts of different measurements that you wouldn't think would be like needed, <laughs> like kind of a comical, <laughs> like that was in measurements. And she just remembers everything. So she doesn't need to write any of it down. And she's like, okay, here's what we're going to have to do. Um, and she draws a little sketch of a breastplate that has a front and a back with some um, little etchings that are almost like, I don't want to say runes, but it's kind of the same concept for her transmutation magic. She mm. like can imbue spells with like the designs that she has on things. Mm -hmm. And so what she usually does with just like leather or more mundane things, um, but she's doing it on this dragon scale um, to like amp up the protection. Um, and then she is going to... Um, ask Snack, is there any sort of special thing you want this to do? Mm. And he's looking over the drawing. Uh, during measurements, he was like trying to lean into them and flex as much as possible to be as big as he could. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Gotta have that room to grow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he looks it over and uh, is um, very happy with uh, the illustration. The only thing, Holly, is I need a place to keep the knife you gave me, the mm. dagger. Well, if we have room for your wings here, and she shows in the back. Yes, plate, of course, yes. And your tail. Mm -hmm. We can probably fit a little knife slot right next to it. Left-handed or right-handed? He falls off the table. And <laughs> he's looking at his hands and he's like, which one is which? Tell me your secrets. Well, maybe I... we'll put it on both sides. Ah, I see. Just in case. Sometimes it's nice to stab with the left just to feel different. <laughs> Um, right-handed, right-handed. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, I can get to work on this right away. Um, I'm not sure how long it'll take me. I haven't ever worked with dragon scale before. Um, if there's any leftovers, are you okay if I keep some of the scraps? Yes, and it will not cost you your wish. Aw, well, thanks. Um, Holly's like, okay, that's all I need. Thank you. <laughs> um, 
Good boy. Why don't you grow up and grab some Heroes Feast? I mean, tea. <laughs> and Holly starts kind of um, measuring up the scale and doing clink, some different things. Clink, yeah, clink, <laughs> little clink, clink, clink sounds. Snack scampers up the stairs, um, taking a good look at all the different tools and stuff for later, potentially. And then heads upstairs. I mean, it's like a room full of torture devices in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> upstairs, Uli is sipping a very tiny cup of tea <laughs> and feeling so uncomfortable. Just taking up both seats in the love seat like, and sipping this tiny tea, like oh. there's like a crystal lamp. You keep nudging accidentally, yeah. like dings, like, <laughs> like when you hit it. I knocked a table over. <laughs> Just the walls feel like they're closing in on me. Mm-hmm. Does anyone else feel too big or too small? Sitting there talking to Tibio and Bert. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't have that problem. I um I fumble for my tantrum tankard. To get rid of the panic. Uli, why don't we go outside? I, uh, uh, Holly said that the garden was very nice. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm like hyperventilating. Uh, I gently take Uli's hand with my skeleton hand and I like walk with her out the back door. Hmm. Yeah, the, uh, the tankard kind of like <sighs> makes it all okay and you step outside with Tibio. <laughs> Thanks. No problem. Um, Bert, uh, Left inside, kind of to your own devices for a second, uh, you can't help but think of the upcoming court case. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> your hearing is on Sunday. It is currently Monday. Great. So you've got just uh, almost a week to get this figured out. Um, this is the current status of your court case. Normally, when a crime is, uh, or, or you know, a case is pre- presented to the judges, um, when it gets to the second court, if they have a unanimous decision on whether something should be um, escalated or um, sent to arbitration or judged immediately, uh, if there's a unanimous vote, they can pass it on their own. But uh, when you were pulled in, there was a dissenting opinion. Um, Judge Tonberry and Judge Flan both thought you guilty. Uh, Judge Malboro did not. And it was sent to arbitration. That is what's coming up on Sunday. You're going to be in a room with 300 citizens, and you need a two-thirds vote to get your innocence. Great. Holly, uh, before I leave the house again, I just I feel like everywhere I go in this town, everybody is looking at me. Yeah, it's weird. I wondered if uh, we could use your workshop and maybe whip me up some sort of disguise. <gasps> Costume party? That's not exactly what I had disguise? in mind. Disguise? Disguise, You yeah. want to be a little I more... I want to look like other guys. Other guys? <laughs> okay. If you're sure. I was sure until you started talking like that. <laughs> um, I have some really, really good outfits that are gnome size. Um uh, but I think I might only have, uh, you know, a little, some dresses. Uh, yes. Or I have this banana costume. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm going to get more looks in the banana costume. That's probably true. Um, well, you know, if we, uh, if you could shave your mustache, you'd actually be a pretty cute little, little lady here. We'll get you uh, dressed up in a little bit of drag, some makeup, poof. They'll never know it was you. Well, that is the goal. Do your worst, Holly. Oh, no. I want to do it. Snack comes up with a dagger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. A dagger. 
You want to be the Wait. one to disguise me? Uh, if it, that's what it means to cut off your mustache, then yes. And may I keep it burnt? Um, no, no one's keeping anyone's mustache hair. Uh, Why not? Because I can just press the digitation it off, can I? Can I do that? Is that something you can do with that spell? No, that's a hard limitation of press digitation. <sighs> no says shaving. It in the no, book. no hair removal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, snack, do your worst. Do you have any shaving cream or anything? <laughs> what is this? Um, I mean, I have some cream. We have healing potions, Bert. I wouldn't be so worried. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to look like a lady with a cut-up face is all. <laughs> We'll you can okay. borrow my razor. Oh, God. I have to shave daily. <laughs> yeah, the, the razor that Uli's had since she was nine. <laughs> it the very is same rusty. one. Yeah. Would you prefer that or the weird dagger that Snack carries? It's not weird, it's standard. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's no winners here. Snack, j- get it over with. All right, one quick swipe. <laughs> I uh, grab um, the mustache hair. And I'm really close to his face, and I'm... Bert, are you sure about this? This is a, a valuable part of your identity. I'm sure, Snack. And I trust you. I put my hand on his shoulder, and I cast uh, Guidance on him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So you can add a D4 to this roll. <laughs> and I wish you would. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I will use the... Um, Sick looking knife because it seems the sharpest. Yeah. Um, and yeah, with that, I, I have this moment of clarity as I cut and I'm much more gracious than I would have been otherwise. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than, uh, you know, ripping it off, I'll just kind of let, let the knife guide through it. Yes. Like, yeah, let the, let the edge do the work. Like a tiny Gordon Ramsay, I, I cut the mustache <laughs> off her cleanly and quickly. Um, I'll try, well, I'll yeah, try to. We'll see, yeah. yeah. All right. 14 base uh, proficient. So. Okay. 17, 20. 20? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, much better than I thought. That was a furry 20. Yeah. A furry 20. <laughs> uh, Bert, you, uh, you close your eyes when Snack gets close, and you can, you can feel his, uh, his hot kobold breath on you, and uh, he pulls half of your mustache taut and uh, kind of slides the dagger through, and you just hear the lightest, uh, I guess, twang of the blade uh, as the hair falls away, and it's just half of it's gone, and it was painless. And then he moves to the other half and just very cleanly slices through it. You open your eyes for just a second and you can see him like grinning like he's about to explode. And you just (laughs) close your eyes again. (laughs) I'm like patting my face. Oh, he did it. I mean, of course he did it. Great job, Snack. Uh, Snack walks around and um, uh, is checking out everything else about uh, Bert. Bert, the back of your head, the hair is a little long as well. Uh, do you have any other plans this weekend? And he tries to cut the back of his hair. Uh, so I'm cleaning up his neckline. You know, just oh, making it okay. Like, not like not like cutting more yeah, hair off. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Continuing to barber. Okay. Why are you a good barber? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Snack. Yeah, just takes on this uh, this new kind of persona. It's actually kind of uh, calming, and you get the little shivers. Bert, uh, I pick up a mirror that Holly has nearby, and I say, "Snack, uh, you might have a new profession in line for you." You know, it actually doesn't surprise me that you're good at this. Um, good job, Snack. Thank you. Uh, all right, let me uh, bring you upstairs real quick, Bert, and we'll get you suited up. Holly uh, kind pushes him up the stairs <laughs> um, and finds him the gnome 
the gnome part of her closet where she just has some extra clothes and stuff um, and pieces. All right, we can go fancy dinner date gnome, maybe first date outfit, okay. Um, or I have yeah. um, just like casual schoolgirl gnome uh, going to class. Um, schoolgirl, huh? Yeah, so what are you feeling? Well, what do you think? What do you think I can pull off? Hmm. Well, we're definitely going to need a little bit of makeup and a, maybe a wig, too. Or a hat. Holly uh, pulls out a little beret and puts it on his head, and I'm like, schoolgirl gnome. <laughs> um, and pulls out this little, like, uniform um, that's very cute. has a little necktie um, and, like, a sweater vest with, like, cute little frilly um, sleeves. And then a little schoolgirl, like, pleated skirt. Like, he's back at the I, academy. Yep. I am deceased. Um, <laughs> And wool stockings and little cute shoes that go with it, Mary Jane shoes. So the whole outfit and the beret kind of covers the, um, you know, <laughs> hair, like the shorter hair or whatever. Mm. Um, so Holly is like, change into this really quick. Um, and she steps out of the room so you can change. Uh, it's, it, all, it all fits surprisingly well. It's pretty comfortable. Um, and Holly knocks slightly and she says, all, all ready? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> she opens the door. It's like, and it looks and it's like, oh, you're so cute. He's like, got his hands clasped in front of him and he's like. Doing the foot kicked out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like real shy. shy. <laughs> like shy schoolgirl. Yeah. Um, Holly uh, just picks up a little bit of like powder and like some makeup stuff and just does a quick little touch up uh, with a little bit of magic in view to try to just like help like cover up the manliness mm-hmm. of his mm-hmm. gnome face, but um, turns him into a beautiful little baby girl gnome. Yeah, uh, Bert, you, you barely recognize yourself looking in the mirror. Wow. Uh, Great work, Holly. If anybody was looking for you, they would not find you here. Oh, those shoes are something special. Um, they're a little extra sneak step for walking in the library with your boyfriend. Oh, <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> I made him for a, another, you know, teenage gnome. She... Wanted to escape from class every now and then. <laughs> That's some prep school nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to draw this, aren't I? <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, guess I got to work on the persona now. Huh? Yeah. Yep. That's uh, all up to you. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> TBO oh, comes hard. in from outside and is looking for everyone. Uh, Snake, Holly. Bert, where are you? I don't know where the mustache is. What? The where, mustache. Uh, Holly hears her name, and she comes bolting down the stairs, and she's like, okay, everyone, are you ready? Uh, ready for what? In. All right. Come on out, Bertoli. D- Bertoli. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here I go. Berta is a name. <laughs> her name is Bertoli. <laughs> Berta for short. Just Bertoli. We aren't sponsored by Bertoli. Bertoli, Bertoli mother of Piezo. <laughs> so we're all collectively Piezo's papa. And Bertoli is his mother. <laughs> Mama. Oh. Hello, pleased to meet you. I'm Bertoli. Oh, it is. Oh, it is nice to meet you, Bertoli. I, I don't. Well, have you seen our friend Bert? Tibio, it's me, Bert. Oh my God! Uh, <laughs> I walk back outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Um, and so, so do you want to do the Maisie scene? <laughs> I just realized I said I'd go to the librarium where I work. <laughs> well, no one's going to recognize you with this disguise, Bertoli. Well, how do I get in, though? I have, they there... have to know who I am. Is there guest access? Are there tours that they do? There's there there is guest access and there are tours. Yeah. Well, just uh, take the, your clothes with you. Here, here's a little um, book bag, uh, and then you can just change when you get there before you go up to get in. Okay, yeah, that should work. And I'll change again before the the uh, guild meeting. Unfortunately, uh, you'll have to keep the makeup on, but you'll just be a very pretty no man for a little bit. Mm. Yeah, it'll be fine. Uh, the spell also will only last temporarily, so I did my best. Got a, like a pumpkin at midnight kind Thanks, of situation. Uh, the makeup just becomes normal makeup after. A the, while. I didn't the, realize it was a spell. The mascara starts to run after a few hours. <laughs> um, so it is um, Tibio and Bert. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yes. So, yes. Uh, All right, Tibio to the librarium. Yes, to the librarium. I'm very excited. Uh, the uh, it's it's quite a walk to the librarium. You have to get to the very heart of town, which um, Tildry is built on a river that runs through the dead center of town um, and uh, kind of divides things up. At the at the mouth of that river, where it meets this giant lake, is where the librarium is. Um, as you approach, uh, you see three dark rectangular towers reaching hundreds of feet high each levitating perfectly still just inches above the surface of the lake. A network of long bridges connects the main road to the towers, and all along the three towers, mobile bridges levitate into place to accommodate scholars crossing between towers at any level. As you cross into the Tower of Knowledge, you see an elegant stone and marble hall uh, with endless adjacent hallways branching off of it. Uh, so it's, it's actually, it's, it's kind of a mind-boggling, like you look up and the buildings are hazy kind of thing in the distance. Tibio is absolutely in awe. Um, I'm wandering around walking like backwards and sideways and looking behind me and above me and around and... <laughs> you like walk out of your bones once and then back <laughs> in. <laughs> um, but this is, this is where you work? Uh, yeah, I've been working here for a while now. No big deal. This no, is, not too shabby, right? This is incredible. I've never seen anything like this. Um, Bert, there's uh, one thing you have to warn Tibio about. The last step before you walk into the librarium from any direction is always there's a little bit of a gap, sometimes two, sometimes six inches, uh, that goes directly down to the lake. So each of these three towers are actually floating, levitating. Um, so they're never actually connected to anything. Oh, uh, before I make it in here, be sure to watch this last step. Uh, uh, what you know, about the steps? And I'm just walking and looking around, what, and uh, what, my skeleton slides right in that gap. <laughs> and, and stops at the knee yeah, bone. Yeah. Oh, yep. See, that'll happen. You don't oh. get this cool levitating trick without... Uh, I mean, it's not perfect. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Here, I'll... I see. Burp, burp. And we fish my little burp. leg out of there. And uh, yeah, you, you get pulled up and there's an attendant kind of standing at the front of the main archway and he looks at both of you and says, mind the gap. <laughs> Thanks, um, bud. Merci. And uh, yeah, you guys uh, walk into the Tower of Knowledge. Um, so when you when you go in, it's, it's pretty uh, overwhelming. Everyone here you can tell is a wizard or sorcerer or warlock in some capacity. And uh, the first person you see is this elderly half-orc uh, that's... that's uh, 
got this train of, of young students uh, behind him, probably prospective librarian students. And uh, the half-orc turns and gestures, and he says, <clears throat> The magic used to pr- protect the librarian is second to none. You may ask yourself, in a city with a thousand wizards, where arson is a weekly occurrence, how does our library of ancient paper survive? And uh, uh, he takes a couple steps, uh, does this big smirk, and looks at a nearby bookshelf. You're going to love this, Tibio. He utters the incantation for fireball, and he, like, whips out a hand, and you see this little bead, this little red orb, uh, expand into a giant fireball and threaten to swallow this bookshelf. And the whole crowd... Um, and, uh, as soon as the, uh, fire connects with the bookshelf, uh, you see it all immediately turn to a white mist and it just kind of stops in midair and then all sinks to the ground and just kind of disperses. Uh, if you've ever seen dry ice, it's pretty much that effect. Oh, mon dieu, that was incredible. That was fantastic. The half-orc gives himself a self-satisfied smirk and says, instantaneous countermeasure of elemental energy, otherwise known as icy has been saving our bacon <laughs> against fire for ages. <laughs> he uh, looks at the two of you and he says, here for the tour. Uh, nope, I'm an old timer. Uh, first time here for this guy, though. He uh, turns to you and he says, ah, Engelbert, welcome back to the librarium. Uh, tell us of your recent adventures and, and tell us how the librarium helped prepare you for such adventures. <laughs> no sneak peeks, Norp. <laughs> I can come up with the name. <laughs> Norp is the best. Norp is the best name so far. You gotta, you gotta read it all in my report once it gets published. Mm. Yes, always on your grind, aren't you, Bert? That's right. Well, uh, class, you'd be excited to read any of Bert's pieces. He's a fantastic author. <laughs> Too kind, Norp. Oh, and uh, Bert, before I forget, um, you've. Uh, Got a few things in your locker. It's it's getting a, a little um, overflowing, actually. Oh, uh, that's right. I think I left some stuff in there. Overflowing, though. You kind of notice that uh, the students are kind of enraptured with you. Uh, their a- attention faded pretty quickly from the fireball escapade, and uh, they've kind of been settled on you ever since. And you notice as you depart from this small group that you've actually got a semicircle of students that are kind of ganging around you. Uh, well... Let's go, Tibio. These uh, these young lads are all impressed to see an official scribe of the librarium, but uh, we've got our own business to attend to. Oh, Bert, you must be very important to have so much attention on you. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that, but I, I've got some notoriety here. Yeah, you pass by a plaque that says, like, Engelbert F.F. Wisherspoon, like, <laughs> author of the month. <laughs> There's, like, three of them in a row. <laughs> He's got no moriety. (laughs) Before you guys continue, um, you can stop by the dormitory lockers and pick up whatever they were talking about. So in there, you actually don't see much that wasn't in there before, so you're not sure what he was talking about. But uh, you've got your 100 gold emergency fund that you keep in your locker at all times. You've got your set of quills, inks, and uh, some paper that is much too nice to ever write on. Uh, but the one thing that you didn't remember seeing before was a uh, folded, uh, sort of um, distressed-looking piece of paper, a letter that's been written to you. Well, this is... I don't remember this. Let's take a look. You're scanning it up and down, you see that it's from Brax. Oh my god, it's from Brax. Isn't that the dead friend? Yeah. Bert, there's only a small chance this is going to reach you, and I don't want to say how it even got to you. But there's something you need to know. 
Judge Tonberry is disappearing, people. Uh, at first, the disappearances seemed disconnected, but I made a discovery. The people going missing are a resistance group. They're curse breakers. And apparently, they were onto something big. I met a woman named Samantha Barrow. She was a young curse breaker from the farms. She and her little brother were prolific agricultural magicians, and they even planned to release some of their homebrew spells for the librarian, but something happened. She disappeared in the dead of night, and no one's heard from her. I haven't been around that place again, but I'm being tailed by two smug-looking dwarves all day, every day. I'm not going to be able to look into this anymore, but I was hoping you could. P.S. Wash your hands after handling this letter. Holy smokes, Tibio. This is important evidence. Did it say something about curse breakers? It did. I thought they were very rare. I, I thought that I thought that Veronica and Augustus were the last of their kind. Yeah, I don't know how many are still still out there, but you know Samantha Barrow, the other girl who died? We stayed at their house. She was one too. Do you think her family knew? I don't know. It seemed like that would be a hard thing to hide, but she might have been part of this resistance group that Uli's family's involved in. This is all... Oh, that's a lot, Tibio. Didn't Uli say that there were dwarves with her sister when she saw her? Oh, you're right. Maybe all of this is connected. Well, if Uli's sister's anything like her, uh, she can probably take care of herself better than Brax. But, yeah, this is deep, man. Is the judge... One of the judges in your trial? Yeah, Tomberry. They're the piece of work who are... Maybe they took care of Barrow. I don't know. They've been up to a lot of shady stuff. We need to tell the rest of the group about this. I... I don't know. Maybe... Maybe maybe I should not be a lawyer. Maybe I should be a detective. Well, we've definitely got a lot of investigating to do. That's part of why we're here. I'm sure Uli will know some answers as well. All right. Uh, maybe we should have her that bone display, but first, to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> um, to wash my hands. Yeah. <laughs> the two of you continue into the archives of history, and uh, Tibio, this is a place that you've probably dreamed about before without even knowing that it existed, um, but it is this... Uh, like so dramatically lit uh, rectangular kind of uh, long hallway um, that culminates with this mammoth-like creature at the end of it, uh, a full skeleton uh, complete with tusks and a gigantic hulking rib cage and, and femurs thicker than your thighs. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot. Uh, it's kind of all your favorite things. So these, these exhibits, they demonstrate like how people used to do things, but they use skeletons instead of wax models uh, with those. With, but they're actually bones from those civilizations, and it like shows cool. little different parts of history. So Tibio steps into this room, and it's so bright, and he puts one hand above his eyes. Like, it's just too bright. Like, he, he can't even look at it. It's so bright. And then he slowly makes his way down the hallway as he's feeling the, like, the age of these bones. He's not even seeing them, really. He's feeling them. Mm -hmm. And uh, he walks down, and at every skeleton, he stops, and he just closes his eyes and takes a moment and, like, reaches out with his powers, with his magic, and just, like, gets a feel for whatever this person was. Yeah. 
It's like it's like discovering a new book series that you're just in love with, and then you look ahead and realize that there's 17 more books in the series, <laughs> and they're all 800 pages long. Nice. Um, there's so much to absorb here, and uh, you start to feel this sort of sensation of guilt because you're not sure what Bird is really getting out of this uh, after you're in here for 15 minutes or so. Uh, and then something different happens that I don't think either of you planned on. Uh, you hear a noise uh, coming from kind of where you came in, and uh, you turn expecting to see someone, but you don't. You just heard a noise. And then a few moments later, uh, you hear another noise, and it's getting more frequent. And out of the corner of your eye, you're starting to see movement of some kind. And before you know it, this chamber kind of erupts in a cacophony of clattering bones. And everything around you, every skeleton, every animal, and every humanoid form in here is just rattling and shivering like mad like castanets and maracas and it's just kind of a it's it's really um you can't even hear each other at that point and you're just sort of uh standing back to back uh tibio this you pal but i'm not doing this what is it i think it usually doesn't do this uh um and <laughs> i send out my magic to try and Get a sense of what it is. Can I pinpoint it? Uh, it. I mean, it's it's coming from kind of uh, all around you, but it's all reaching out towards you. And so when you go to reach out, you just kind of establish connections to everything that's in here, and it's like too much, and you instantly feel the need to back away from it. I lose track of my own housing skeleton, yeah, and yeah. it kind of clatters to the floor, and I drop to the floor, and I fall on my little butt, and... Um, <laughs> I put my hands on my head and I'm trying to like find my way out of the pressure of it, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but still try and figure out what it is. Yeah, you're like this perfectly levitated magnet of necromantic energy where you're just hovering in the center of all of it. I kind of don't know what to do, so I'm just kind of like gathering up the loose bones. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Bert, you feel the bones kind of pull away from you as Tibio's skeleton stands by itself. Yeah. And it looks at Tibio, and some of the skeletons from around the room start marching in towards the center. And then you hear the mammoth take a huge step towards you. And then you see it kind of lower its head at the two of you. And then you look around, and you see the other skeletons lower their head. And you see Tibio's skeleton kneel in front of Tibio. <laughs> and everything just goes silent, with every skeleton stuck in a kneeling position. I, I think you should... Address them? I, I don't know what to do, Bart. I don't know what to do. I, uh... Try swinging, swinging your hands around when you talk. <laughs> like that. Um, I cast Animate Dead kind of into the space, not at anything in particular. Yeah. Uh, your Animate Dead, uh, without a direction, it, it, it clings on to the most familiar, easiest target, which is your own skeleton. And suddenly you feel the ship is kind of righted again. Nothing's fighting you. Nothing's reaching out to you. And it's just eerily still and quiet. And, and a moment passes like that where things seem like they're back to normal, even though everything's out of place. And then you hear footsteps in the front of the room. And you see a, uh, a delightfully dressed attendant say, What the hell happened in here? <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, are these, these bots supposed to do this? I'm not even paying attention, really. I land back in my my own skeleton and uh i reach out with my hand hand hands mm. to the mammoth mm -hmm. skeleton mm -hmm. to like touch it it just feels like plain old bones to you weird 
Yeah. But, but it all feels normal now. I don't know what happened. I, I guess I should put them back. I don't know. Is there some way to communicate with them? It's all quiet now. And you guys spend a little while here kind of testing the waters and trying to figure out what's going on. And nothing of that magnitude or anything like that happens. I mean, Tibio is able to control these bones like any other bones, but that seems to be the end of it. Back at Holly's abode, um, what is Snack doing when more or less left alone? Uh, He is trying to grab one uh, piece of sharp stuff from the basement at a time. I don't know if Holly notices... Uh, he he just keeps coming in and like, oh, still working on it, Holly. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, she probably doesn't notice. She's pretty um excited about working with a dragon scale because she hasn't before, and so she's just like really into her project. She's like, oh yeah, snack. It's gonna be a couple days, <laughs> oh, and she's like not paying attention to him at all. all right. <laughs> just humming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so after he grabbing uh, enough uh, dangerous utensils, he takes them all out into the backyard. And um, looks for a good place to make a trap. So. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you see, like, right by the... Uh, there's, like, a back gate that goes yeah. into the backyard. <laughs> okay. And if there are intruders, they're going to use this mm, gate. I must protect Holly's house. So I start digging a hole <laughs> by where the gate is. <laughs> um, while you're digging, you're, uh, you're kind of, like, halfway in the ground yourself as you continue to dig this hole. And uh, you, uh, you feel a buzzing at your hip. Hmm. I get out of the hole and I um, find some bushes to hide in and then take out the lamp. <laughs> and change into your super suit. <laughs> um, you, uh, you take out the lamp and it's just, uh, when you look into it, it's just Jeannie's eyeball kind of pressed against the opening. And he says, Snack. Yes, Jeannie. I need to call a house meeting. Ah, uh, I am quite dirty. I don't, uh, hmm. Yes. I'll, I'll put out the dirty rug. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I look around and uh, hop into the lamp. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's got this uh, dirty rug out. That's <laughs> Whenever you need to be soiled and don't want to get clean, this is the rug that he uses. Most of the time. So most of the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a Murphy rug. He just pulls it out of the side and goes um, <laughs> entryway. But uh, uh, Jeannie has set up a long table in here, and uh, he's at one end of it, and then he's got a uh, glass of water at the other end and an empty chair. And he says, have a seat, please. Uh, okay, um, I, I, Snack goes to sit down. Uh, yeah, there's just like a long drawn out of like noise of you pulling the chair back, like, (laughs) (laughs) Jeannie, I haven't killed anything, uh, in a while, so we haven't had this conversation. No, of course not. You're not in trouble. Don't worry, my friend. Mm. Good. Please have some water. Uh, he's drink some of the water. Is there anything else I could get for you, Snack? Anything at all? Mm, Snack is fine. He has everything he needs. That's great. It's good to have everything you need, isn't it, Snack? Uh, Snack <laughs> uh, glances side to side and looks at all the random treasure and shit that he just like <laughs> grabbed over the, over the course of the says, on the surface. He says, world. yes, you've accumulated quite a good uh, wealth of uh, material here. Treasures. Yes. Treasures indeed. Yeah. I agree, Snack. <laughs> I will be getting more, but we are... Running a low profile because Bert is a murderer and we're trying not to get caught. That sounds incredibly stressful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Snack, I... Um, Snack, are you in Tildry? Uh, yes, Jeannie, yes, we are in Tildry. I, I got this stamp of 
except so I could cast spells here. And I hold out my arm. <laughs> uh, he sees the kind of messy double stamp tattoo that you got, and uh, he says, "Children, indeed, I'm I'm glad for you, Snack. This is this is fantastic, Snack. We are good friends, aren't we?" Of course, Genie. Yes, we are the <laughs> closest of allies. We've done pretty incredible things for each other. Do you remember that time I made 600 pillows? I do, yes. <laughs> Still have some in the treasure pile. <laughs> Snack, uh, Tildry is a very special place. I see, yes. In Tildry, there are three big, big buildings. They're called the Librarium. Have you heard of it? Uh, yes, uh, Bert and Sibio went there. I believe it sounded, um, dumb. It sounded dumb. <laughs> um, yes, very, very dumb. And, and Snack, do you know what's inside the librarium? Yes, uh, books. And? Um, more, more. And? I d- well, no, I don't. What? <laughs> inside the librarium, Snack, is a lot a lot of magic. Oh. In fact, there exists uh, what is known as a font of magic. What, really? Well, Snack, you know, sometimes you cast a few too many spells in a day, and, well, that's all you've got, isn't it? Right, yes. What if there was a place you could go to get all of those spells back every day as many times as you wanted? Hmm. I see. Now, Snack... I'm not asking you to hurt anyone. I'm just asking you to get me to this fountain so that I can have a sip. So what? A a fountain in a library? Yes. Yes. Hmm. Can I ask Bert about this place? Would it be suspicious to ask? Hmm. Well, uh, if Bert is no stranger to the fountain, perhaps he could even get you there. I will find Bert for you. I need to make something clear, Snack. What? You're not to hurt anyone to get to this fountain. What we're doing is a victimless crime. I just need a sip from the fountain. But of course, if we need to hurt someone to protect the mission, um... I will not hurt anyone, Genie, unless I get angry. Okay, why don't you have... (laughs) Why don't you have Bert talk to me before you begin your adventure? You don't need to talk to Bert. No? I, I will relay this information to Bert. It is fine. I trust you, Snack. Please, do good. Of course, I will do good. Now, I need to go back to making this trap in the backyard, so if you don't mind, Jeannie... Jeannie... It's, a, it's, a, it's in case anyone comes to intrude in Holly's what do you mean? abode. So they fall in the trap and they get stabbed with spikes. It's going to be perfect. Holly will be so pleased. Okay, now snack. I snack. I think it's snack. Snack. Yes. Snack. I'm come busy. Back. Bye-bye. <laughs> I come back from the farm. Yeah. And walk through the back gate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, make a dexterity savings throw. <laughs> Does, does Snack like, have to roll for Yeah, oh yeah, of, well, like, okay. So it's tra- passive perception? I don't know. Yeah, what is your passive perception? Uh, so, uh, plus two? So 12, I think? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't I know how that works. So. so, Snack, give me a, a trap making roll. So, yeah, I didn't even see trap making in the book, so I don't really know mm. what it would be. Okay. I, I don't think traps, I don't think Snack is actually good at making traps. Yeah. But he enjoys doing it. Sure, so. yeah. Can make <laughs> traps. It would be the same kind of thing as like, Crafting. The, the rogue, like, 
uh-huh. what's it called? Like, Sleight of hand? No, the, the like, Lock kit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like, tool oh, kit. Something like sure. that. Yeah. I do have uh, Thieves Tools and Thieves Tools proficiency, so I don't know if... That might... Yeah. That, mm, trap making's probably its own thing. You could make that be. argument. Well, anyway, I'd say it's uh, intelligence. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 17 with nope. no proficiency. Okay. Uh, so, Uli, let's go back to that dexterity save. <laughs> um, I believe it was a 16. Okay. Uh, what'd you say? A pit with spikes? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, actually with a 16, Uli, that's actually pretty good. Um, so you, you open the gate and you take like one big step and then just kind of like fall straight forward, but like spring your arms out and kind of catch yourself on the edges of this pit. Oh, hell yeah. And you're looking down at a bunch of like sharpened sticks that are like up at a bunch of angles. And then you see a pile of sharpened sticks that Snack just lost interest in and didn't plant in the ground. <laughs> Like, so Snack uh, steps out and uh, into the backyard. He wasn't done with the trap fully. And he's got some of the tea and he tastes it. And it's really hot and it scares him. So he throws it. And then he sees Uli. Uli. And then he tries to sneak back into the house. Snack. I'm Snack's not here right now, uh, Uli. Then leave him a message. <laughs> uh, yes. What's the message for Snack? <laughs> he better run. <laughs> <laughs> right. He has 10 seconds. Uh, <laughs> Snack uh, runs around the house and runs out <laughs> to the street. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm back now. Oh, wonderful. Very good. Um, so yeah, you've, uh, you've uh, I think you've all momentarily uh, reconvened at the house so that Tibio and Uli can um, run out and see uh, Maisie and Henry. Yes. Or Mac. Nobody said Henry, I guess. Mostly, <laughs> no mostly Maisie. Henry's yeah, yeah. just kind of there. Yeah. When you guys are back at the house, you just hear loud bangs coming from the basement. <laughs> uh, Uli, you've got this sort of uh, sunspot in your vision now that you're kind of thinking like, Maisie, mm. where's she at? And uh, you think of that ring that you gave her, and you've got this uh, little glowing speck that's kind of uh, alternating yellow and blue uh, that helps you trace it down, and it gets a little bigger and broader in your vision as you approach... Um, a school. Hmm. Um, you hear a large uh, bell go off, a big kind of like ding, ding. And uh, bong, bong, bong. you see a bunch of delighted kids uh, running down the steps of this school as they're all released from class for the day. And uh, they're all kind of uh, sprinting off in their separate ways to go back home. And uh, you see Maisie is kind of... Um, I think Maisie is talking to a teacher as she's uh, walking out of the place, and uh, she like takes one look at you guys and sees the two of you standing there, and uh, like rubs both of her eyes and then looks back up at the teacher, says something mm-hmm. quickly, and then sprints over the two of you. Tibia's waving. Uh, she she uh, gets up to you pretty much out of breath, and uh, she just she's smiling up at both of you, beaming, and she reaches out a hand to shake Tibio's. <laughs> it is so good to see you, Maisie. How are you? up kid you guys came back of course we would not leave you behind are you here to take me home from school sure yes we can do that i pick her up and i put her on my shoulders lead the way you guys look up at the teacher on the stairs and she just shrugs and walks away from you (laughs) there's no security yeah they're like whatever (laughs) not my responsibility um (laughs) Half orc and a bone man. Yeah. <laughs> Seems legit. She walked outside the fenced area. It's the yeah, end of yeah. my jurisdiction as a teacher. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so you're walking with Maisie on your shoulders, and, and Maisie is just gushing about Tildry. Um, so you're kind of following along the river walk back to the bricks, um, and she's uh, pointing at all the different places. She says, that's the work wheel. Um, Dad used to work there before he was a investigator, and, uh, and that's the bricks. That's where we live. And um, Investigator? Yeah, Dad's investigator. He, he finds people uh, that did bad, and uh, he makes them go to jail. Oh. Hmm. It's an important job. Yes, and how long has he done that? Um, most of the time. Well, I mean, that's why we travel so much, is sometimes he has to go really far to get people that need to go to jail. Uh-huh. Not just in Tildry. Yeah. Okay. Does he work for the courts? Yeah, he works for the Tower of Law. <laughs> Even more important, yes. <laughs> Tibio and Uli make surprised eye contact and mirror each other's facial expressions of surprise. <laughs> uh, she says, uh, did you guys see all the lamps in the cave on the way here? Wasn't that cool? Oh, uh, we took like a back way through. <laughs> she goes, oh, that's probably why it took you so long. Yeah. Yes. Maisie, we found a secret underground castle filled with skeletons. Like you? Uh, not like me. The skeletons were dwarves before they died and they were skeletons on their own. They didn't have people in them. Oh. Were they alive? Or were they just bones? Yes. No. <laughs> yeah, she just laughs at that. <laughs> so I'm guessing we just chit chat, shoot the shit. Yeah. Back yeah. To... And yeah, she's like vaguely pointing you like which road to take to get to her place. I'm and, assuming uh, she lives near Holly. Some. Yeah, kind of. Okay. It's. Uh, I mean, they're kind of on like opposite ends of the bricks, uh, so that this one's actually pretty close to the the Tower of Law. So it's a pretty short commute. Yeah, you guys pop in for a second, just. Uh, yeah, chat with Joe. Uh, chat with. Oh God, <laughs> Joe with, is there. Chat with Henry for a sec. Um, and we can kind of paraphrase this part. Um, so he says that as soon as he got here, uh, he checked in with like all of his contacts. Uh, nobody by that description has come through. They looked through all of the entry paperwork here. Um, They're trying to find like, oh, maybe he could have come in like under a different identity. Maybe they didn't bring the wagon. And as far as he can tell, nobody by that description, nor the beetle, nor the wagon driver. Or the kobolds made it here. Henry lets you know that he's also got contacts on kind of the the, the dark side of things. Um, and that, I mean, he's he's fairly sure that, at least for now, that Tildry is effectively vaccinated from Joe. I'd like to use my whisper quill to talk to Uli. Okay. <laughs> Dear Uli. <laughs> um, Uli, you're, you're looking at Maisie, and Maisie's smiling up at you, and then you start to see, like, a D like, <laughs> like being written into your vision, and like you look away, and the D is still there. And you're just like, like a cat, like seeing a fly or something. You're just staring around the room, and then she see just sees the words, right? Yeah. So she sees "Dear Uli" spelled okay. out in her vision. Dear Uli, hmm. say hi to Henry and Maisie for me. See if you could ask about that counterspell ring and emeralds, Bert. <laughs> so as you guys. <laughs> And yeah, you cross them out. Um, as you guys are kind of finishing up the conversation, Uli, you find yourself distracted. And, uh, and Tibby is just kind of finishing up goodbyes. And then you get this message. Ask. So Uli and I will be going soon. It's ship. 
What? Counter. Counter spell. Counter spell. Counter spell ring. Oh. Um, Emerald. Emeralds. Emeralds. I'm sorry. Henry shifts kind of nervously and he says, "Um, yes, yeah, the treasures we found on the road. Yes. I think Bert, I think Bert's talking to me. Uh, how? I really don't, I don't know, but I just, I just know somehow. Uh, Henry and Maisie, would it be okay if we borrowed the counterspell ring and the emeralds? Uh, Maisie turns the ring around on her finger a couple times and she goes, I don't know. It was pretty funny when I canceled Carl's prestidigitation. (laughs) (laughs) I have a replacement. If we can borrow that, I have something for you. Hmm. What do you got? This is a silver bracelet that I'm hoping isn't cursed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it is a bracelet of bad smells. She furrows her eyebrows and she says, is it magical? Oh, definitely. And it's a really good prank. Henry kind of like takes a step towards you. Interested in uh, the ring all of a sudden, are we? Temporarily. And the emeralds? Temporarily. Yes. Uh, Don't ask me why. I don't know. Tibio might know. Uh, Henry like kneels down close to... um, to Maisie, and he says, uh, would that be all right if you uh, gave up your treasures for a little bit? And they'll give them back, I, I, I think. Dear Tibio, <laughs> <laughs> I just realized I probably should have asked you instead of Uli. <laughs> Tibio is like... Same condition, yeah. Hands in the air, trying to feel the text in front of his face. <laughs> <laughs> we are not making a good impression. Waving his arms. They might need the emeralds more than we do, but I'm mostly just interested in the ring. Sincerely, Bert. <laughs> um, uh, I just received a message from Bert uh, in the air in my eyes. Yeah, it was weird, right? Uh, he says that... We do not need the emeralds, but if we could borrow the ring, that would be lovely. Well, it's up to Maisie. And she looks up at you, and she's already got it off, and she's like just kind of like smiling and holding it up to the two of you. What if I trade you for this X-ray ring? Um, yeah, that's cooler than this bracelet. She nope. shakes her head, and she says, that's okay. Just make sure I get it back, okay? Okay, I will make sure. Uli will be able to find you wherever you are. Henry's feeling a little bit now that you guys just came here to take magic items from his daughter. <laughs> and so he kind of uh, job, kind of wraps it up and pushes you guys out the door. Like, if that's all you need, can you please be on your way? Maisie, I'll see you around. It was really nice to see you again. She smiles and nods. Bye-bye. Uh, shall we go back to Holly's house? I think it will be time for the guild meeting soon. Yeah, yeah. Yes. All right. Um, Dear Holly. 
How's the armor going? Holly's like etching something really carefully um, <laughs> on the dragon scale, and she's like, "Fuck!" <laughs> is it okay? If- <sighs> I'm gonna kill Bert. Is it okay if I have a slice of cake in the fridge? <laughs> he's just Sincerely, he's just Bert. Vegged out on the couch. He's just bored and yeah. he's sending just messages bored to and everyone. Texting everyone. He's already he's already eating the cake. Yeah. <laughs> he's looking at an empty plate, going, oh, "I should have asked." <laughs> Angle Bert. He's here from the basement. <laughs> Um, but yes, 5.45 rolls around and Tibio and Uli show up a couple minutes late. All right, y'all, let's get going. <laughs> Holly grabs her apron off the hook, puts on Ree in her pocket, and heads out the door. <laughs> I flick the ring to Bert. Oh, thanks, Uli. Holly leads everybody through uh, the work wheel uh, to the guild house on the river. Um, Bert, you do notice that even in costume, you're getting an inordinate amount of attention. Oh no! I forgot to re-up your makeup. Oh, I'm so sorry. And it, I mean, it's um, the makeup is it's starting to fall apart a little bit, but you still don't look like Bert, and yet everyone is still turning to look at you. Some people even approach you, but you've kind of learned to look the other way and keep walking. Tibio sees that people are still paying just a fuck ton of attention to Bert, and as they're walking, he ritually casts detect magic on Bert. Mm. Yeah, you can see uh, that he has a uh, an aura of evil about him. Oh, Bert, there is something very wrong with you. I can't believe we didn't notice it before. You have an aura of evil. Oh, that makes sense. That's why he was sending all those dumb messages earlier. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's kind of rude, Tibio. Also, I... it's Bertoli. I'm sorry. Uh, Bertoli, you have an aura of evil. Um... Tibio squinting, you can see that uh, it is uh, an, an evil aura indeed, but uh, the, the real heart of the magic here is a, a charm effect. You all approach the uh, front door of this, uh, it looks like a kind of a shack actually, right on the river's edge, where you expected to see some kind of like elegant clubhouse. It's just like, like a door between other doors. But Holly gives it an, uh, a special knock. What does a knock sound like? Okay. Ta, 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 ta. And uh, you hear from inside, that's Holly. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the door swings open, and um, it's uh, one of your um, guildmates um, that you haven't seen in a long time, and just says, Holly's here! And uh, uh, everybody kind of like looks up at you. There's about 20 people in this room. Um, And the guildhouse is, it's small, but it's beautifully decorated and very well kept. Uh, and at the end, there's one giant bay window that overlooks the river, and it's actually got like this direct straight-on view of the librarium, all three towers across the lake. Oh, hello, everyone. I brought a few guests this time. I hope you don't mind. Uh, a lot of people are like shifting around to make more room for your guests. And you can see at this, uh, there's a long table right by that bay window. And uh, seated there are uh, uh, a few folks. Uh, in the center is Margot Bingo, the guild leader. And uh, directly to her left is a pale, old, shirtless gnome uh, with a long white beard that is covered in tattoos. Do, we do I know this guy? Yeah, do we recognize him? Um, I think you do for different reasons. Bert, you know this man as the finest quill crafter in all of Tildry. Uh, his name is Benjamin Blank. Holly, uh, this is your guildmate, Benjamin Blank. Uh, he is a master ink worker. What do his tattoos look like? 
He's got all sorts of shit. Some of them are just like fish and some of them like he's got this like <laughs> he's got this giant dragon tattoo that like runs up his spine and so it's like the spine of the dragon is his spine but then like it's got all this other like filigree and you can see that like everything is its own little story that that's kind of painted on him um holly walks up to the main table and says hey how's it going ben margo it's so good to be back in town Margot uh, kind of like stands to greet you uh, and takes your hand with both of her hands. And she says, Holly, it's so good to have you back here. I need to have you take a seat. We need to get started. Sounds good. Uh, I have my uh, companions here. Is it okay if we just uh, sit in my usual spot? Please. And uh, your friends, uh, standing room's fine, wherever you can. All right. Uh, Sorry, guys. There's usually only enough seats for guild members, but you guys can stand right back here. And Holly kind of gestures in a back corner of the area and then takes her seat. And then uh, Benjamin Blank is sitting back down and you hear him say, good to have you back, Holly. (laughs) Oh, it's nice to be here. Margot stands and says, "Um, so we've got problems. I think we all know that. We're being vandalized. We're being we're being attacked. Sorry to say, uh, Mina, her, her store was destroyed. I think at this point, we all know where it's coming from. Not to name names. And uh, somebody in the back of the room is just like, Fizzle. <laughs> and everybody kind of grumbles in agreement. Um, she says, may very well be, but we can't act with uh, uncertain information. I can't ask anyone in the guild to risk their business, to risk themselves. This, this could get ugly. I, d- I don't want to lie to you. Our resources are running short. We're... We're almost entirely out of money. Things are getting tight, and things are hard for the guild, but we've persevered through bad things. And I think we'll persevere through this. Trust me, I've got a plan. And that's what I brought you all here to tell you, is that I've got a plan. Somebody in the room says, what is it? Okay. <laughs> um, What's the plan? She says, I, I, I'll, I'll handle it. I, I will handle it. You, none of you need to worry. I will keep this guild afloat, and I will keep him off of your back. I promise. I just need a few more days. Mina steps forward and she says, um, um, I'm going to temporarily set up shop um, um, in the work wheel, and I, I think it'll be okay for a while, but if anybody has um, extra funds, and I know it's, it's hard right now, but I'm just struggling to get by. Um... Holly stands up and she says, Mina, you don't have to set up shop temporarily. Why don't you come take a spot in the front of my store? We can set up your wares um, and you can just sell right out of my my same shop. And there's kind of a, an, a moment of silence as uh, everybody waits to see uh, if you really meant that. And uh, it kind of uh, passes ratification pretty quick. And then Margot Bingo stands up and says, Holly Hyacinth, everyone. Oh, no. <laughs> really, please, don't. <laughs> she uh, goes over a few more, like, guild talking points, and then the room is kind of dismissed, but the, the heavy drama was at the front of it. And um, she says, uh, Holly, could uh, you and your friends stay back just a minute, please? Mm, yeah, love to. We haven't eaten dinner yet, but, you know, it's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> she says, uh, we won't be long, and uh, gestures to the rest of the guild and says, uh, we'll need the room. And they all go, oh. Okay. And uh, <laughs> they all leave, all except for Benjamin Blank. I'm eating the free cookies and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like cookies and coffee. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Margot takes a minute kind of regarding all of you. And she says, uh, magic users, all of you. Uh, yeah, surprisingly. 
Yes, I think Uli uses her fists more, but she has magic. Only magic. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I thought they were for everyone. (laughs) That's quite all right. Um, um, Holly, I I want to level with you and and give you what I know. Mm. Our guild is suffering because of me. Because of you, Margo. I thought it was that Fizzle guy. It is Fizzle, but they're after me. They're hurting people I know and care about because of who I am. You see, I'm a, I'm a guild leader, yes, I'm a, a magic user and a business owner, but I'm also a curse breaker. Mm. And that title means more to me than anything else. Well, how, I mean, okay, I just learned what curse breakers were like a week ago, and now <laughs> almost everyone I know seems like they're a curse breaker, which is pretty cool. Uh, but how does Fizzle know that you're a curse breaker? Fizzle is conspiring. I don't know how deep it goes, but somebody has a list of us. They can find us. Oh no. I'm so sorry, Margo. Uh, what, can I, what can I do to help? Well, in the short term, I need you to do some recon work. Well, I need you to investigate Frankie Fizzle. Do you think you could do that for me? Oh, I mean, we are basically a detective crew now, so sure. <laughs> I, I don't want to um, act before I have all my ducks in a row, so I'd like you to check out his club. His club is called Live Life Laugh Love Juice Bar. Mm, <laughs> no. <laughs> Why is it it's not? always the juice bars. Man, what a good name. <laughs> Attached to that is his brewery. That's where he makes his potables for the bar, but it's also where he makes fizzle potions. If you can get a brewery tour and uh, maybe scope out his club a little bit, we might have the information we need to take him down. Well, um, you know, go into the club. It's what we do. Uh, we don't do that, but we'll do it this time. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fun. Uh, Holly, I don't want to Spoil the mood it's here. It's okay, you can wear the other little gnome outfit. <laughs> yes, I may just be an innocent schoolgirl. <laughs> <laughs> but one of my friends wound up dead by investigating Fizzle. He's a dangerous dude. I, I have to help my friends in the guild. I, I can't leave them hanging. Bert, maybe this is the way to clear your name and to clear Prax's name. You don't have to go with me. I'm not asking for any of your guys' help. But if you want to, I would gladly take it. No, Tibio's right. I gotta do it for Brax. Will you teach us curse breaker stuff if we help? Hmm, we can talk more about that. It's. I want to make sure you understand what it means. Um, just before she continues, uh, you guys hear this loud slam against the window as a large black bird just slams into the glass. And, uh, like, leaves a little spit streak and then flies away. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she, like, turns around and she says, Gods, what was that? Um, um, anyway, uh, right. We can get started uh, tomorrow with the investigation, but before you leave here tonight, we've got to get that curse out of that gnome. Uh-oh. What now? This I little told you. Girl? I told you there was something wrong. I thought we got rid of that. He ate no. moss. Oh, back there in the cave? Yeah, that's no. all taken care of. No, there is something new right now. I told you I saw it while we were walking here. I think Bert seems great. 
Holly, you have more moss, right? Uh, on, only a tiny bit. Madame Bingo, could you please help us? Does this involve eating more moss? She says, oh no, we're going to do it right this time. And uh, you see her start to disrobe a little bit. Um, she, she, uh, <laughs> hey She uh, kind of like pulls open this like uh, leather armor that she's got on and shrugs it off. And uh, you can see her like uh, lower the the back on this flowing uh, kind of gown that she's wearing. And uh, you can see running up her spine are these three circular tattoos with a line running through them. She looks at Bert and she says, "Everybody steer clear." She points at him and she says, "Step one." Bait the curse. And you see the tattoo on her back go from a black ink to a vibrant gold. And it looks as if it's spinning in place. And uh, you see her start to sweat. She just breaks out in beads of sweat and starts breathing heavily. And you can see her skin like becoming uh, sort of um, taut and then sort of wrinkled. And she looks distressed. And you can see her veins pulse out. And Bert, you feel like you're going to yarts again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, uh, but this time, um, it, uh, you get that glowing eyes and the glowing mouth again as this thing sort of, uh, effuses from your body and, uh, just a morsel of the curse that was left in you. Uh, this, this curse that was drawing things into the cave with, with unchecked desire and causing them to live eternally wanting this thing. This curse that now made everything want you eternally and, and feverishly uh, is now sitting out in the center of the room. Uh, she says, step two, seal the exit. And she looks at Bert, like with this uh, kind of panicked look, and she says, usually this means destroying the thing that held the curse. I grapple his mouth. <laughs> she says, uh, in this case, we can't destroy Bert, which makes it a little more complicated. I take Bert outside. I take Bert Tolly outside. (laughs) Bert Tolly. How did she from my disguise? (laughs) She says, step three, give it all you've got. And everyone in the room sees Margot lean in and just get this look of ferocity. And then she starts to grin as all the lights just go dim. And the only light in the room is this tiny speck of white that's shining towards everything. And she points out at it with her hand. Uh, She's actually got a a short sword that she's drawn on it menacingly. And it's just uh, kind of pointing at it until it dwindles and it diminishes. And these little sparks are flying off of it until it just becomes a little speck of white, which she puts her heel on and grinds it into the floor. And she says, that was probably overkill, but also necessary. So I guess, uh, guess no one's gonna want a piece of old bird anymore, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Why weren't any of us affected by that? Well, I mean, we all have felt closer these last few days as just friends. (laughs) We've all been infected by the curse of friendship already. That's <laughs> quite a curse. The real curse was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. I'm Tim, your DM and your genie. I'm Hannah, playing Holly Hyacinth. I'm Thomas. I play Engelbert F.F. Wisherspoon. I'm Tara, and I play Tibio Femur. I'm John. I play Snack the Cobalt. And I'm Maggie, playing Uli. Oh,